Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crick Blog Podcast. Joined, well, I'm joined by my co-host Nash Sant. Um, Nash, before we we go into uh, more detail about what's happening in the IPO at the moment, the chaos of COVID, um, I just want you to chat to us a bit about your weekend. Uh, your wife finally came to to watch you guys play. What happened? Uh, uh, so the first time she she's ever, so we have been together for 10 years since high school got married last year in December. And the first time she ever came to watch me play cricket at any, at any level, we get bowled out for 88. So we, we, uh, uh, my current, my, I'm the skipper of the, uh, the A grade side. So my toss record hasn't been that great. Same to Rat Kohli's. I've lost all three tosses in three matches, and we have had to bowl first in all three game, games. So uh, they were 166 for three at one stage. We restrict them to 194. Perfect, you know, great momentum taking into the second innings, and that's where the trouble began. We were 12 for three, I think, and then we just could not recover from there. And um, to top it off, to top it off, she actually scored for the entire game. Oh no. I did not include that <laughs> detail, but she actually, I, I actually convinced her to be the scorer of the Premier Grid side this season um, as a volunteer. And she actually scored. She, that was her first ever ga- game, like actually watching cricket, scoring cricket, anything. I was there on uh, Friday night teaching other signals. This is wide. This is a no ball. This is a six. If you get into trouble, just talk to the other scorer. It looks like it was this. One, it looks like this one was the most important. This is out. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, yeah. How did you go uh, most importantly? Uh, I, I, in bowling, I went well. I took four wickets from my 10 overs, giving wow. like 35 runs. Um, at the batting, it, we, we do have a batting heavy side, so I bat quite low down the mm. order. So when I went in there, there was no really chance yep. of winning. But Fair enough. yeah, um, but yeah, I think a great performance and, in a losing and, and, side, yeah, and at the end she wasn't impressed as well. So because she had to sit there seven hours, um, do the scoring. So well, to be her. honest, it was five hours. So we, we finished quickly. So yeah, you um, did her a favor was, in the end, but yeah. this is what you, you tell her. You tell her, my darling wife, India were bowled out for 36 and they came back and won the series yep. in Australia. Don't yep, give up definitely. on us. Don't give up on us. Come back next week. We'll yep. do better. Um, yeah, I'll try. I'll try that. I'll try to get What's happened with David week. Warner? What's happened with David Warner over the weekend? Um, Nash, you as a captain, you've got to be a little bit careful with, um, with yeah. these losses you're having up there in cricket. Yeah. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> nah. We will discuss that on this podcast. Um, Sunrise's Hyderabad's management uh, overall this season so far. It's been a farce. Um, but today, some massive news uh, in IPL in India. And... You know, there's uh, some positive cases. Two players um, from KKR. It's caused the postponement of the RCB KKR game, which was and, supposed and to be today. Three, three members three of the, the CSK. CSK. Yeah. Yes, yes. Saw that come through as well. So it's, it's crazy times at the moment. And surely a lot of people saw this coming. You know, we know that the bubble's very, very, they call it very tight, but there's always the risk of it happening given what's happening in India. And it, it goes tight, back, but it is delicate as well. It's delicate, but given the situation, what's happening outside, it's you know, unbelievable. And I think it was, I tweeted today, it's so optimistic from the BCCI and the Indian government to think that they could host the full IPL this, this year in India. And also 
earlier in the year think they could possibly have crowds as well because they were having yep. they were hosting 60,000 people in the stadium in the yep. India-England series. Do you think there's a bit of arrogance there from the from the BCCI or naivety? What do you think it is? Like I would say I would say there was I wouldn't say arrogance, but uh, well, I mean arrogance and BCCI go hand in hand, don't they? So we don't they haven't have tweeted agree. since April 30. Yeah. I've looked at their yeah. Twitter account. This is the time they've got to be communicating. Yeah. This is but the time they've got again, to be again as we spoke about in, in our previous episodes that communication no. and BCCI don't really, you know, Mm. marry up. But I think more than arrogance or naivety, it's complacency. I think they have been really yeah, that's a good word about. um, They have been really complacent about, uh, and not just the BCCI, but in general, the general public as well. Um, Mm. You know, during the India England series, it was the time was really, it it was getting better. After the first wave, everything started opening up, and people just thought, oh, this is you know, this is really good because. There were not not many cases happening after uh, I, I want to say September and October, and again then February hit. Uh, England came on first two tests, no crowd. The third test and the fourth test, they had half you know fifty percent crowd, and that's where the complacency began. That's where um, you know that or uh, you know that attitude of oh, nothing will happen. We'll see mm. what happens. That that attitude came up, and then. Um, again, April hit, and then the second wave hit, and then that's where everything you know, started crumbling. So, uh, uh, yes, and certainly the communication isn't isn't great. BCCI has never been really good at communicating, have they? So, um, maybe in the in the back behind the curtains, we don't know what's happening. But um, as of now, as of today, yes, my my opinion has changed from last week. As of today, especially with the cases coming up. I will just say that it is, it is, you know, I was really enjoying the cricket being played. And Me too. Yeah. It, yeah. It is, it is something that gives the nation, you know, in dark times, something to look forward to at night. But I think uh, the, right now the situation is such that I think PCCI is probably really, really close to calling it off. The problem is, is when players start catching it Yeah. and yeah. people in the bubble are starting to catch it. There's the same problem that happened in the PSL earlier in the year, and that's what caused yep. the postponement of that. So when players aren't safe, um, you need to be careful as well to not treat the players like commodities. They are humans. They've got families. Um, and, yep. and the situation's got really bad now, well, from, from an IPL perspective, from a cricket perspective yep. now, that when players are catching it, and you see they're postponing games, rescheduling, trying their best to keep it going because they know – the financial element involved in it. But when you consider the financial element involved and they're so desperate to keep it going, it was actually a big risk to host it in India this year, given... It, it was, it was. Yeah, given yeah. how quickly things think, can change there. Yeah, definitely. And it it, it was always a big risk. And um, and also when you consider I, how successful it was, like and the, I know there was a bit of COVID at the start of or before the UAE tournament last year, but yeah. it all went pretty well. Yeah. And when you consider the success there, they could have said, we'll do it there again because we've, yeah. we've seen it work. And I think, I think at, at some stage, you know, the management would have, at least there was a little part in them where they would have thought maybe at some stage we might get some ticket revenue at a later stage. And I think um, Unbelievable, you know, that, that was the complacency I was talking about where 
you can't be that complacent with what's going on right now. So yes, it was it it was a at the start of the when they were when when they announced that you know IPL will be in India, I was a bit surprised. Me too. I was a bit shocked that why you're doing this. You know, it's a big risk. But one again, case, as I said, it could take one exactly. thing like that and it will shut exactly. could shut the whole thing down. And exactly, we know how desperate the BCCI is yeah. to get the IPL. It's a massive revenue raiser. We know that it is. Um, so it to is. take a big risk with it, I think complacency is the, the right word for it. Um, it is. At the moment. And I think, I think where, yeah. where the situation, sorry, I would just like to add a couple of more yeah. things that where the situation is that, you know, Kane Williamson and, uh, uh, sorry, not Kane Williamson, Kane Richardson and Adam Sampa have left. and Andrew Tai, yeah. They, Andrew Tai has left and they have come back to Australia. And now the Australian government has That's closed all point. the avenues of, yep avenues of coming back. So players like Steve Smith, um, David Warner, Riley Meredith, Chai Richardson, they're all now, they're now back in India. They will have to stay back in India. So they did choose to stay there. They have, they had the option to come back. They did not. So unfortunately being, you know, Australian borders being closed, uh, you know, now it's almost a crime to come back to Australia. Not almost, it is a crime to come back to Australia with a hefty fine. So it is, um, it's it's now getting difficult. I think how I don't I don't think any other country would take that um, take that avenue as yet because there's English players, there's South African players, you know, there's players from West Indies. So I don't think they'll they'll take that avenue of you know not wanting anyone back. But it is a big risk right now to continue. It is a big risk, massive risk. And uh, uh, where do you, where do you draw the line is the big question and I, i'm i'm sure the, the bcci management will be running around the bcci offices right now as we speak to you know to get into meetings to talk to each other to see what what can what they can do and i've also heard reports coming in statements coming in from bcci officials ipl officials where the players are being test, tested every day so there's not you know, there's no risk uh, involved. There's not a high risk involved. I saw but that. But who's who's to say? And who's to say that you know, even play the players who tested positive, Varun Chakravarti and Sandeep Warrior, would be tested every day. So, you know, I don't think there was a breach of the bubble, but they did contract it from somewhere. So there is. It might have been in transit, so maybe from the exactly, hotel to the ground. Exactly. Somehow. Exactly. Um, yeah, you're right. Where where's the line getting drawn now? And how how much longer can they? hold on and try to keep this going because yep. it's not looking good. And they no. took the big risk and it hasn't paid off. And you're right about those overseas players, particularly the Australian ones. It's going to be very, very hard, if not impossible for him to get back now. We'll just have to see what happens from here. Um, I know they're looking yep. to, at, at this moment, trying to, trying to hold on to it and trying to make sure they can, you know, keep it going, but it's going to be very, very hard to do so. Um, given that all the players and the contingent, you know, CSK, they're all in the same bubble. It's very hard to see how they continue. You know? Yeah, it is. It is really hard. Yeah. Pull a plug. And um, I think so. I think, I think as you tweeted, as we um, tweeted earlier, I think it's, they're really hanging in by the thread there. So, they are. They are. Um, it's, it's really, yeah. really close. And as I said, as we speak, they, they'll be running around the offices to see what yes. what's happening. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there will be some news either way coming in the next couple of hours or even in the next 12 hours. Yeah, so yeah, keeping keep an, keep an eye on yeah. updates. Um, and as I said last week, thoughts and prayers with everyone in India at the moment that's uh, yeah. struggling as a result of COVID-19. Wish you all the best. Um, 
Now, we're here to talk about cricket and we'll talk about the IPL that has been happening. Um, I want to touch on Sunrisers Hyderabad. I've been very vocal about this. As an Aussie, look, I'll say now I'm not David Warner's biggest fan, but I do rate him as a, a white ball batsman. And what he's done for Sunrisers over the years, he's been absolutely magnificent. So for Sunrisers Hyderabad to treat him in the way that they have, sorry, Nash, I'm just, just a warning. I'm just going to go on a little bit of, little bit of a rant here. But what yeah, I'm going no, to no, say, go ahead, go ahead. What I'm going to say is, what he's done for the franchise has been absolutely magnificent as a batsman. And after a few iffy games where he's he's actually been quite worried about the middle order, and he's been trying, you know, he's got that on his mind. He's trying to hang in as long as possible. They've not only taken the captaincy off him, but they've dropped him completely from the side again in that Royals game. What really ticked me off was they replaced him with Muhammad Nabi, who batted lower than VJ Shankar, who batted yep. below Keda Jadav. You wanted to strengthen your middle order. Yeah. So you drop Warner and you play Nabi below VJ Shankar and Keda Jadav and bring him into bat when the game is over. The same thing with Abdul Samad. I've talked about him before. Why do they keep bringing him in when the game is just about finished? What are they doing? What are you doing? And I think it, 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 it is shocking. It is shocking. When I heard that, I was disappointed. I was um, watching it. I'm losing it. I'm like, what are yeah, you doing? I'm, I'm, like, I'm, because, what message does that send to the youngster? You know what that message exactly. It sends the message, we don't quite believe in you. We'll send you in late. Have a hit. But, mm, you know, when the game's up for grabs and we're still a chance, we don't quite believe in you to, to, to send you in right now. We'd rather send Keta Jadav, the man who exactly. unites all of India, and unites all the, the fan bases of every um, IPL team. They all ask the same question: What is he doing? He's just plucking think, around as if he's having yeah. a picnic or having a cup of coffee. At and the and that, they the, drop Warner the for that. Yeah, at the start of the season, SRH looked like the most sorted team, didn't they? With, with we discussed with, that. Uh, yeah, we said, yeah, we exactly. said they look good. They look, you know, they've been a franchise in the past that, that's been, you know, pretty sound in their decision making. Yeah. Yep. But I think it's after Warner called them out for dropping Manish Pandey, maybe last week or the week before, he said it was a harsh decision to drop him. Maybe that's what prompted them to say, no, you can't yep. question us. Captaincy's gone. You're dropped out of the side. If you wanted yep. to and remove him as I've... captain. Yep, sorry, go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. No, you can go. I've, I've, I've never been a fan of uh, changing captains and changing leadership midway through the season. I've, I've, I, even if your franchise is having a bad season, I you think the captaincy, might, what I was going to say, the captaincy might have been having a burden on Warner. Yeah. So, okay, but then if you, you want to drop him. If yeah. you, exactly. If you want to take the captaincy off him, okay. But you know what the message you sent to him is? We're going to take the captaincy away from you because we want yeah. to see the best batsman. Yeah. We're going to stick and, by and you as a batsman. Why have they signed Jason Roy if he's not? Exactly. Him? They I signed mean, Jason. If you, wanted to, if you wanted to drop Warner, but you signed Jason Roy, pick Jason Roy. Yep. Don't, don't weaken yep. your opening position and then bat the replacement, Muhammad Nabi, below. Players are just going to rotate this, you know, hit some singles and show no urgency when the run rate's skyrocketing. Yeah. This makes no sense. This guy has been, when you pick an IPO all time 11, for me, David Warner's in it. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Comfortably. Definitely. Comfortably he's in. He's had a few tough games. So they drop him yep. out of the side altogether in a game that pretty much have to win against the yep. Royals who themselves have struggled with the ball this season because they've got no Jofra Archer. 
They've struggled with the wicket-taking ability. That was the game on a beautiful Delhi surface to get David Warner back into some form with the yeah, captaincy definitely. lifted off him. Uh, uh, there is one, you know, hopefully they come to their senses and make a, make a definite change in the next game where they can bring in David Warner, drop Vijay Shankar and bat Manish Pandey at Vijay Shankar's position, you know, at number four, I think. Yes. So that, that would mean, yes, Kedar Jadav is still there, but at least... Uh, he gives them that off-spinning option if they need need be because I, I would rather prefer going with Kedar Jadav off-spin than Vijay Shankar medium pace. Exactly. And we talked about that at the start of the season. We had Williamson, Warner, Bairstow, top three. Williamson batting at three, Manish Pandey at four. And you only play, you only back Kedar Jadav if you, you collapse at the top and you need someone just to steady, steady things for a while because yep. then you can have someone like Abdul Samad come in with some big, big hits, but they haven't used him properly. And- it's just and been Abdul terrible. Samad's, Abdul Samad's whole career has been a perfect definition of bad say doesn't bowl. And, and oh. um, it, it's, it, it's disappointing, but he is that proper great cricketer where he bats it and he doesn't <laughs> bowl. So uh, he, I know he's a really good player. He can smack the ball really hard, but they don't give him a chance. Give him he, an opportunity. Just let him, you've almost, you know, you're out of contention for the playoff. Let's, you know, let's be honest. SRH are not. Can you believe it? I wouldn't have guessed, I would never have guessed in a million Definitely years, not. given Definitely the form not. of Vivneshwar Kumar at the start before the tournament, you know, Natarajan at the death, Rashid Khan, a history of good bowling, David Warner at the top, best in great form, Williamson to come yeah. in. They've just completely yeah. gone off the boil and they've self-sabotaged their season. Yeah, they've been, they, they have been they the masters. Worst enemy. They've been yeah. the masters of their own downfall because of their decision making. You do not treat one of your best ever players arguably your best player ever like that you know not only the best player the player who gave you the IPL season in 2016 he won them that trophy that's not how you treat someone like that and credit to David Warner yesterday clapping every four and six interacting with the players going to get the drinks carry the drinks out good on him the way he responded to it uh, was it Dale Stain? I think, or I, I read the statement somewhere that we have seen the last of David Warner yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Sarah jersey. But I, 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 don't, I don't really think that's true. I hope mm. it's not true. I hope it's not true because I think a lot of SRH fans, you know, resonate with David Warner and that franchise as David Warner can, you know, that they connect that, you know, dot that line immediately. So it's really important to the fans, to the um, whole IPL and the whole franchise that David Warner stays there and plays there for the you know, next few seasons because David Warner has been SRH for the last mm. few years. Yeah, he you has. Know, obviously, with help, obviously with help from Manish Pandey, Kane Williamson and those players, but David Warner has carried SRH a long, long way mm. since their rebranding. Definitely has. So, yeah. Definitely has, man. Um so yeah, like if he doesn't play the next game, that's a worry. And then, then maybe you start to say, you know, if this doesn't wake them up, then nothing will. And probably Warner has played his last game. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep an eye for that one. Um, another player like similar to Abdul Samad is like for, for Delhi Capitals, Shimon Hetmeyer. He's, when he's had the chance, he's been so good this season, but he doesn't really get the opportunity for Delhi Capitals this season. Yeah. They're going very well. The top order is going well, but you just want to take advantage of someone like a Shimon Hetmeyer and give him the chance further up the order potentially because you might get into a situation later in the season if we get there that Delhi Capitals need their middle order to perform. So you want to yep. make sure that they get enough time. 
where where does he fit in though? Like you got players like Prithvi Shaw and Shikhar Dhawan that you can't drop, obviously, and then you got players like Steve Smith and Rishabh Pant, and then if Steve Smith doesn't play, Ajinkya Rahane plays. So where where do you fit? Dep- depends like on the Shimran start. Hitmeyer? Depends on the start. Like if you get none down and they put a big opening partnership, you know you can send like Shimon Hitmeyer further up the order. Yeah, you know what I mean. You yep. don't have to send Smith yeah, in yeah, yeah. right away. Like, yeah. so that flexibility in in um. In, in your batting lineup is very important. So Delhi Capitals, they're looking very good. Um, the openers are fantastic, but you just want to make sure you've got a player in form in your middle order to give him as much opportunity as you can. Yeah, um, that's right. We'll touch on the unbelievable El Clasico game. Now, I was, I was really looking forward to that game because CSK have sort of resurrected from their bad season last year and Mumbai Indians yep. and Mumbai Indians. So promised to be a mouthwatering clash, but that it even exceeded my expectations. What did you make of it? Yeah, it was really, as an MI fan, it was, it was a brilliant game, wasn't it? And um, you could all, all, all see how happy Rohit Sharma was after that, um, yeah. after that last ball. So again, Polat coming, coming with the goods. So can't really, can't really blame current Polat as a player in that game. So he bowled well, batted well, really. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's it's really interesting because Kyron Polar hasn't always been the consistent T20 player. He mm. he will play sort of this one brilliant brilliant innings, and then he he will have quiet four or five games, and then again a twenty ball fifty somewhere, and then and and it, ima- just imagine if he does that consistently. Just imagine mm. that. And it's very hard to we, do that consistently, yeah, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like, it is. It's, it it's is, freakish it is. stuff. He does it regularly enough, though, to his credit. Yeah, he does. He He's does. unbelievable. And and that's that's Mumbai Indians to a T. They're never down and yeah. out. There's a couple yeah. of games this season in the Chennai League where they won hanging on with the ball. Yeah. You know, they won from very hard positions. And they won this one from a seemingly impossible position as well. That's three wins that they've won or three that's games right. that they've won from very, very difficult positions. That's why they're going to be up there again. Um, yep. Very hard to and, beat, man. Yep. So obviously, um, the next game for MI is against Hyderabad. So I think that I'm hoping that's an easy game. So Nash and I caught up with a very special guest this week. Um, we talked about um, South African cricket. You know, we saw in the news that the South African Members Council uh, reached an agreement with the board on a new governance structure. Um, so we chatted with uh, the cricket guy, uh, Tim32 underscore cricket, who is a accredited CSA um, freelance writer, and he's a fantastic fan. We had a chat with him about all things South Africa, um, and he gave some great insights. We're blessed to welcome another great guest on the Crickbog podcast today from South Africa, Tim Dale Lace. Um, thank you so much for joining us. How are you, mate? All good, all good. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Thank you for taking the time out on your Monday to join us. Um, the first question is, is a question we, we ask all our guests because we like to capture stories of, of cricket fans uh, from around the globe. Where and where did the cricket journey start for you and, and how did your love for cricket start? Uh, cricket's always been a part of my life from, from a very young age. Um, my, I thought the play that my my brother played at, at, at quite a decent level. So my Saturdays were spent either watching him 
or going to watch Cricket of Newlands, um, which is obviously my, my second home, if you like. So right from about the five or six, I was at cricket grounds watching cr- cricket. Um, so the bike of cricket caught me very early. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been that way ever since. So um, what would you say, what role has cricket played in your life since then? Um, now that I work in the industry, it's um, changed quite considerably. Um, so it's become, it's become a very, um, it's, always, it's always been an important role for me. It's always been important yep. in my life. Um, when there's cricket on, I'm always watching it, whether, in, no matter what format. Um, but um, from a work experience, it's, it's opened a lot of doors that I didn't have before. Uh, mm. Meeting individuals uh, that I never would have had a chance to meet in, in, in a different as, as a fan, if you like. Um, so it's been a very, very important part of my life. That's such a good point you bring up about the fans being involved more with cricket mm. and meeting players and being able to sort of have their view more now, um, which is great. Um, in terms of producing cricket content, Tim, what's been your personal favourite moment? Um, I saw last year you had a chat with Nasser Hussain. Um, where does that rank among your favourite moments? It's, it's probably the best one, um, yep. if I'm yeah. honest, because NASA has got this reputation of not necessarily being the nicest guy. Um, that you hear stories of, you, got, you see the guys in the Sky commentary box, he doesn't buy drinks, everyone else buys drinks. He deliberately goes to the bar last, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. But he, he could not have been nicer. He could not have been... That's brilliant. More, mm. more kind, more considerate. Um, and, and just the interview. Um, I, I half expected him to say no, but no, no I've got yep. busy. I've got commentary. I've got this, I've got that. But he could not have had been more kind. Um, so him, his, his interview was, was very special. Um, but a close behind was Mark Nicholas, his fellow uh, commentator. It's also um, a highlight for me because that had a South African connection because he's played, he played in South Africa at club level um, as a youngster. So that obviously had a, a, a different interest um, to me, but they were both equally uh, very special. Yep. And before we move on to South African cricket, now that we have you with us to talk, um, I just wanted to ask you a question. In terms of journalism and broadcasting, where do you think uh, how do you see the future developing for journalism and broadcasting, you know, especially for the least listeners out there who are young, who want, who want to get into this um, profession? How do you see that, that profession developing in the five, 10 years, especially when it comes to cricket? I think more and more it's going to, it's going to become um, a lot more inclusive. Yeah, I think in the past it's always been um, settled for certain individuals, but now if you look at certain people like Jared Kimber, uh, yeah. you look at somebody like him, he's now got a, a huge following, a huge space. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot more of the Jared Kimbers of this world coming through. Um, people who have not necessarily played the game at the highest level, but have, have the intelligence 
and they have something that your stage normal commenter doesn't have. Yes, different aspects. So it's it's all about inclusive, inclusiveness, I think, in the future. Um, in terms of that, and, I think it, that way. And and do you credit that to the rise of social media? Because I think when you say people who have haven't played cricket um, at a high level, '90s, you know, people would have, you know, uh, cricketers ec- experts who were on TV would have looked down on people who have never played cricket but tried to give an opinion. And you know, the only one I can think of in in that era is Harsha Bogle. Uh, really, who did not play cricket at that high level, but still made a career out of it. So, would you would you say now it is due to the rise of social media that we can see people like Jared Kimber come up? I think that's a massive part. Um, I actually spoke to Nasser Hussain at the time, and he said he doesn't like Twitter, but it is incredibly mm. important in this sphere where we are now in terms of cricket get the latest news, get the latest information. It's incredibly important to stay engaged with those people that are watching. Um, so I think, yes, I think that that's a very, very good point. Yep. If I go to my personal experience, um, when I started, I was very apprehensive. I got mm-hmm. my accreditation. I thought, oh gosh, England's coming. No, it's going to be, they're going to look down on me. No, the, yep. the, the, the real experienced guys that look down on me, they're going to see that I'm disabled. Um, but they could not have been more helper, helpful. Yep. When I wanted help, they were happy to help, uh, happy to carry things. Um, so from a personal point of view, I, I could not have been more helped in, in that regard. Um, and I'm not somebody who tends to ask for help. Um, but I think from the, that, that point of view, social media is playing a massive role in terms of, of who's been coming into the cricket uh, fraternity, if you like. Yeah, completely agree with that. Yeah, fans have a voice and social media has definitely contributed to that. Um, Tim, before we go into more detail about the South African team per se, um, I'm sure you must be relieved that Cricket South Africa Members Council and the board reached a, a new governance structure. Um, are you able to explain to us and our listeners in more detail of what's going on there in terms of like where the trouble began and what was the solution? What was the agreement that was that was met? Okay. Um, we will have to go back to when the Global T20 was scrapped. Yep. Um, that was... I was never a fan of it, yeah. but I could see the positives. I could see where the positives were and what it was, what it could have done. Um, but then the CEO was asked to step down without any any uh, hearing of any kind. Just we don't like you. And then what happened was, cricket South Africa became the bank balance for all the bad apples within Cricket South Africa. They became, they used it as their bank balance. Mm. And they went over all um, the rules and regulations. They uh, employed people who were their friends. um, And then it just became 
a band fight. And they just became fighting, fighting, fighting amongst themselves. Um, and it was, it was nasty. Uh, it got so bad that um, our accredited uh, journalists with years of experience were um, blocked out of stadiums because they were writing um, about, what the, about, about the mess and putting them in yeah. a bad light. Yeah. Um, and they didn't like that. Yeah. Um, then eventually, I began to try to keep it relatively short. Um, the sports minister got involved and he basically said, right, either you resign to the bad apples or cricket South Africa will be banned. We will, we will no longer find cricket South Africa and it will no longer be able to play overseas international mm. tours. Yep. And yeah, about the apples, which were in this case the members' council, um, hung on for as long as they could, but they realised that they, they could not keep cricket South Africa hostage for any longer. Um, and they eventually agreed to this MOI, which is yep. memorandum of uh, of agreement, yep. and. Basically, we now have proper governance where everything has to go through certain channels. All sorts, all sorts of decisions have to go through the right people. Um, we still have to get that board in. Um, uh, that will be in the 12th of June um, when they announce that new board. So it's been, a roller, it's been an absolute roller coaster. Um, but we are... I think through the, the dark, dark times, I think the, the light is shining just in the, in the distance. Yeah. And, and people, I think, have to also understand fans and all the listeners that are out there have to understand. I think this is not, you know, an overnight solution. I think it will take time. Why, even though there's light at the end of the tunnel, the, the, it's a journey and it will take mm-hmm. a lot of time to get South African cricket, especially the governance side of it, out of all this mess. Do you, do you agree to that? I agree 100%. Um, this new board, assuming they're all good, and they all, they all, they all tick all the boxes, Cricket South Africa is not suddenly going to be able to compete financially with, with Australia and England. That's, that's not going to happen. It's going to take three, four, five years, yep. six years. Yep. Um, damage that has been done is significant significant um, with the sponsors that we're leaving and have left. Um, titles, how to play series without a title sponsor. Um, all sorts of things. Um, so the light is there, but it's still a long way to go. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And um, that with, this, all, with all this governance structure coming in place, all the you know, South African cricket turning a new leaf. How do you think that affects the South African cricket on the field? And where do you see them going in the next five years? In Do you see that journey being almost hand in hand with the, you know, governance and on-field journey going hand in hand? And then, you know, where do you think essentially South African cricket will 
stand at the 2027 World Cup? I think because I read somewhere that they are trying to bid for that 2027 World Cup as well. So where do you think that journey leads them? What the last few years have told us is that without proper governance, without a proper board, looking after the game, looking after the players, paying them properly, the national side will suffer. Mark Bouch has lost, it, I think, is won two out of 11 series. That is a direct consequence of what's happened at board level. Yep. Often you, you see board level squabbles where they are now going to affect. It has directly affected the players significantly. Um, so I think the road is long. I don't see South Africa getting to number one in the next three to four years. Mm. I don't see it. In any, in any format, format? In yeah. any format. We can, we can win that T20 World Cup at the end of the year, but that's going to be a one-off. That's mm. going to be, you know, we can, we can win a, a few games in a, in a format like that. We can do that. Um, but I think we are going to be fourth and fifth for a good while um, across the formats. Um, if you look at the talent, the talent's there, but if you look at the recent series, they're not, they're not performing at the level that they should be performing at. Um, yeah. What else especially, the, yeah especially the defeat yeah. against Namibia emerging um, in, you know, in T20 and one day, yeah. what, do you, what do you make of it? That was absolutely crucial. Yep. It was almost a good thing that we lost. I mean, it was sad to see, mm. but we did just think, look, this is the next best, outside of the South African A-side, this is the next best squad. Yep. And it performed very poorly. The standard of cricket that they played was, it was, it was really, really poor. Most people will say to you that there'll be five or six of those guys playing for South Africa. That might, might, might well be true in a year or two. But at the moment, they are mm -hmm. not performing. Mm -hmm. And they did not perform well at all in that tournament. Yeah. Um, it was a huge, a huge, should be a huge wake-up call for cricket South Africa. There's no doubt about it. What do you think the reason is for these poor performances, is it, a, is it a mental thing? Are they not being developed correctly? Is it a coaching thing? What do you think it is? Since, since uh, Otis Kipson's appointment when he took over, Cricket South Africa has not had a proper backup, backup staff um, to support the coach. Yep. This is down to finances. Cricket mm. South Africa cannot appoint, cannot appoint Ricky Ponton as batting coach. He can't, he can't play Ricky Ponton when he wants. We've, we, we've had Mike Hussey in the past. We had Duncan Fletcher in the past, uh, in as, as consultant. Um, Cricket South Africa does not have the funds. It is quite a simple, they do not have the funds to give coach the support that they need. They need. Mm. Otis Gibson failed because he didn't have, a, didn't have proper backup staff. Yeah. Um, Mark Boucher is failing. He doesn't have a backup staff. We went to Pakistan. 
without a batting coach. We're going to take a start for the first time in 14 years where one of the players have played the PSL match. Nobody else has been, been in Pakistan. We went to a country without a batting coach. Yeah. That is just unacceptable. Yeah. We have to become yep. a way, have to find sponsorship, sponsors to be able to pay us to give the team support they need. They are definitely suffering mentally. That is 100% true. And, um, and th- yeah, sorry, please a, go ahead. Yeah, so they need a um, Paddy Upton or who said, yeah, Jeremy Snape. They had Jeremy Snape about eight, nine years ago. Yeah. And every single player that used them said he had a huge, profound effect on, on the players. Um, so until Katrina South Africa can actually get a proper support base, the players will continue to not be able to perform to their level. That's, that's, just, that's just where we are. Yeah. And, and so where do you think there's inspiration for these guys playing? Do you think, so for anyone, for under-19s, for South Africa, for emerging players, for the South African men's national side, do you think that inspiration on the field is coming from the women's side of things because I think the way they performed in India was absolutely magnificent and, you know, touring India after a while, you know, in yep. India. So against, against a full batting lineup, full bowling lineup. So do you think that women's side is the inspiration that South African cricket needs right now? I think it is. I think they've been a, a ray of sunlight. Um, they've been performing, they've been performing for about three years yep. consistently while that, Men's national side has been failing. They have been mm. performing consistently well in both the formats that they've been playing. Um, the other thing, which I'm sure you would have known, is we're having a structure change in domestic front. Mm. We're going back from back to provincial from franchise. Now that is going to have an, an incentive for the players to perform, in the sense that in season three there's going to be a promotion relegation. Mm, so yep. we, we're giving them a couple of seasons just to get used to the format, used to the idea of going back to provincial, yep. get them, get them their, uh, get their, each union set up financially. But once they have a promotion relegation, you have something to play for. You have a salary to play for. You have a contract to play for. You have a, a goal to attain. Mm. At the moment, you finish, you have the back end of the season, you have your top three sides playing out take the final, the bottom three just they play a couple of games, but they're complete dead rubbers. They yep. need to have a cutthroat, something something to play for. And I think yep. so. I think I think the women's and the changes to the domestic front in the long term will certainly have an have an effect on the future. Brilliantly said. I think uh, us as fans, um you know, we have grown up seeing South African cricket at, at its best and at its worst. And I think as fans, we just, we would just love to see South African cricket thrive again, you know, give that fight when people, you know, they tour overseas, when countries tour South Africa, I think they have always been a fight there and we would yeah. absolutely love to see that again. Yeah. Rivalry aside, banter aside, it's always good to see strong South Africa in world cricket. Yeah. So um, some brilliant points there raised from you, Tim. In terms of a short-term solution, there's always the debate about A.B. de Villiers. 
and whether the Proteas should pick him for the T20 World Cup. I continue to see those debates. If he's available for the tournament, um, if he's available for selection, would you pick him? What's your view on it? I've been on both sides of the fence here. Mm. When he retired and uh, Rossi van der Dussen came in and started to perform in all three formats, I said, thanks, AB. Got your career. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And good luck on your, on your um, money-making in the IPR. Good luck to you. I have completely changed. South Africa, as much as I say they can win the T20 World Cup, they cannot win it without a blockbuster player. Yep. They, they cannot win that World Cup without Fafti Blissey, Avery de Villiers, and potentially Imran Tahir. They cannot yep. win it without Avery de Villiers. He is an absolute... Forget what he said or didn't say. I'm not interested. I'm interested in winning that World Cup. Yep. He plays that World Cup. He retires. Thank you very much. And move on. I would definitely have him in my squad. Definitely. Um, but also, like, I'm, I'm completely ABD Villiers fan. I absolutely love that cricketer as, you know, as anything. But do you, do you think that sets a dangerous... Yeah, that was going to be my that, question. Yeah, that you can just retire and then come back in, you know, when whenever you want and whenever team, you know. Do, what, what, what's your thought? What are your thoughts there? Um, everybody believes it's a once-in-a-lifetime player. Yep. Yeah. Once-in-a-lifetime player. Yep. South Africa are absolutely desperate to win a World Cup. Any World Cup. Any format. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like... Uh, I, I, I honestly, I'd say to say just, just suck it up, suck it up for that few months. Yeah. You don't like him, that's fine. I don't, that's fine. You don't have to so like it's, him. It's, it's about winning his, at the end of the day. Yeah. His, yeah. his performances in this IPL are extraordinary. Unbelievable. Absolutely yeah. extraordinary. We're playing, the, we're playing the World Cup in India. It's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. I Nobody think no matter else. where you play the World Cup, if you play anywhere, it's a no-brainer, I think, at this yeah. rate. Mm. Nobody else has stood up and said, I want to be the next AB. In the period yep. that he's retired from night, nobody, nobody has yep. said, I want his place. A couple have said, yeah, kind of, yeah, sort of. Every now and then I'll do the 50 or 30. Yep. But the majority, not. Mm. So it's a no-brainer for me in the squad. And um, looking forward, any young South African players coming through that we should keep an eye on over the coming yes, years? Definitely. Um, it's a guy who's be playing, be playing for the Knights. Um, so that's going to become three state Knights, I would imagine. Uh, Renan von Tonda. Yes, uh, I've heard of him. Top order, top order batsman. Mm. Um, out of 50, very, very calm, assured, um, accumulator of runs rather than squash buckling. Uh, but a very, 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 very high quality batsman. Um, Carl Verena, when he eventually gets his um, international berth in all formats, I think he's going to be a sensational player. Um, South Africa just need to just realize they can play him as a batsman. Quinton can keep, it's fine. 
um, Calvary special cricketer. Um, he's got he's got that um, brick badge temperament, if you like. That um, some of our players, through no fault of their own, just don't don't quite have. Um, uh, the bowlers, we've always got bowlers. We've always mm. got bowlers. Um, I just hope, I just wish they could play more in the IPL. Um, I, I obviously, you guys are going to discuss the IPL later about uh, what's going on, but uh, I really enjoyed Marco Janssen's couple of games when he played the Mumbai Indians. Yes. So that, yes. He, so that he has real ability. We know he's got real ability. Now, everybody else is seeing he's got real, real ability. Um, and George Kutsir, he's got Bajistan, another one. Plus, um, George hits it as well. Hits it a long way as well. Um, so those, they, they were four. Um, but we've always got pay stars. We've, we've never really struggled that part. It's a batting that's a little bit, a little bit thin. Mm. Uh, so, Tim, thank you so much for your time today, taking the time out to join us. Wonderful insights. You've been very generous with your answers. It's been brilliant. Um, to our listeners... Tim is a CSA accredited freelance and cricket writer. You can see him on Twitter at, at Tim32 underscore cricket. Um, check out his stuff. He does some brilliant work. And you can tell by his chat today that he really knows his stuff. Thanks, Tim, for joining us and all the best, mate. Thank you so cheers. much, Tim. Cheers, those guys. Thanks. Cool. So thank you to, to Tim for his wonderful uh, thoughts there, taking the time out on his Monday to, to join us uh, to have a chat. Um, we had a test match finish today, Nash, Sri Lanka. Uh, fantastic debut. The first ever debutante to, for, from Sri Lanka to take a 10-wicket haul in a test match. Praveen Jayawikrama. What a superb yep. performance by him. Um, I think the happiest thing for me in this test match that we, we saw the pitch break up a little bit, provide something for the bowlers as opposed to that first test. Um, for me, for Bangladesh, I worry about them. Um, They've only won test series in their history against West Indies and Zimbabwe. They have not beaten anyone else in a test series. And for me, I don't see them improving. I don't know if you feel when the same. When does the blame game start? When does the blame game exactly, start? Exactly. Exactly. And I start the blaming the captain now. But what the, I know there's an excuse lately that I don't play a lot of test cricket. But what you've got to do, you've got to make sure your players are test ready at a, from a domestic level. You need to make sure your bowlers, especially your seam bowlers, uh, condition for red ball bowling. We don't see that. We, that's why they haven't produced a lot of, or well, any great test seamers in 21 years. That's right. We've seen Taskin right. Ahmed now coming through. He looks a good prospect. Um, Mustafa Rahman as well. Mustafa Rahman in and out of that test side. Yeah. I think when he had that shoulder reconstruction a few years that's ago, right. he's really struggled to swing the ball back into the right-hander. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've, they've got a talented youngster um, in Shoraful Islam who looked pretty good on occasions in, in that mm. test match. Abu Jayed, okay, but they just, there's not, an, they, they rely too much on their spinners at home. Tommy McBell is going to retire down the track. Shakib, Mushfika, Rahim, they're not going to be around forever. Is there enough talent coming no. through? I don't know. From a Sri Lanka perspective, an excellent series from them. I think they scored the runs, they put the runs on the board. And they blew Bangladesh away with their spin. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, even though the first test was a bit of a, um, I don't know what's the right word to use there, but 
um, it sleep, wasn't the best. A, best a sleep, yeah. a sleep enabler. It was a good one. <laughs> yes. It was like a sleeping yeah. tablet. Yes. And it, it, to be honest, the second test was going in that direction. It but, was. Um, but, I was out there yeah, with Sri the Lanka. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But yeah, Praveen Jayavikrama bowled really well. Six for 92 in the first and I think five for 86 in the second inning. So I think that was really well where um, he got the goods and, you know, bowled Bangladesh out in both innings. So I think I think they have won the series 1-0. So I think that'll be really... Uh, you know, I'm not sure who they play against next, but I think if they play at home, they'll be really tough. Yeah, in terms of Test cricket, I'm not sure Sri Lanka play next, but I know they do go to Bangladesh later this month for a uh, ODI series um, yep. over there. So the two sides will lock horns again in a different format. Um, and Tassara Pereira has retired from international cricket as well, so he won't yeah. be part of that series. Um, a player for me who had a lot of potential but I don't think ever fully realized that they, they persisted with him for a long time thinking he could be that great all-rounder, but only glimpses of brilliance. Right. Yeah. Um, Pakistan, they had a tough T20 series in Zimbabwe. They had a, a, a pretty easy first test um, in innings and 116 runs uh, over Zimbabwe, bowling them out very cheaply twice. It was Hassan Ali who was yep. the chief destroyer. And it's good to see Hassan Ali back in good form. He's having a good year. He's it having is. a good year. Yep. Um, but even what's even better is Fawad Alam scoring hundreds after yeah. coming back from an eleven-year high. Conversion so, rates. Um, yeah, and I think I think he has taken um, he has grabbed his opportunity with both hands um, and legs, and, and I think that's really good for him. Yeah, he's he's played ten Test matches. Um, he's got no fifties and four hundreds. So every time he's crossed fifties, yeah. he's converted and. That's right. I can't believe it. For so long, he was discarded and not even considered for the uh, for the side because he provides mm. that 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 bit of fight, that bit of reliability that Pakistan need in their middle order. Um, it's, so great. it's great to yeah. see him get that opportunity. Nash, we'll move on to the final segment. Ask Crick Blog. Um, we've received a few questions from from fans um, on Twitter. Mm. Um, from Debashish Sarangi. Uh, at Plum underscore in front. Thank you to Debashish again for, for sending a question through. He asks, what could be the thought process behind going with Muhammad Nabi at Delhi? It was a brilliant batting wicket. There was almost no grip available from the surface. Also, he's not a regular batsman. What's your thought on this? Um, yep, yeah, I touched a bit on it. Um, Nash, did yep. you want to provide some of your thoughts? I had a bit of a rant there about SRH earlier. Uh, I really like that. Um, but I, I think I, you were really a bang on the money. Where- Thanks, man. There was really no point going with Mohamed Navi there um, unless they th- thought that the Delhi wicket will be low and slow like it, was it usually beauty. is for test matches, but it was really batting paradise. But the thing so, is, it's been a batting um, paradise in all the games so far this season, yeah. the Delhi pitch. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't think they read that really well. So uh, they really went dictatorial in their their decision making with David you, Warner where they just dropped them and not even you, t- thought about Jason Roy. And even if you wanted to pick a middle order or rounder, Jason Holder would have been the better pick, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um so yeah, so that sort of comes in ties in closely with the next question we received from at Pitch Perfect uh, CR, Pitch Perfect Cricket. He, um, we are, he was asked the question, you know, what was the best alternative to dropping water for SRH? And we, yeah, we said, Jason Roy, you've got Jason Roy in your squad. You want a, 
an attacking opener. Pick Jason Roy on a great batting pitch. Um, from Struggler at Struggler One, he says, "Do you think Vidyashenko should be dropped? And why is your answer yes?" <laughs> I love that. He answered the question for us. Yeah, why I is mean, your answer yes? Don't you dare say he shouldn't be dropped. That's he should be dropped. I'm hmm. not. I, I'll not. I'll not say no because I think that's the consensus of everyone right now, isn't it? Hmm. Because he he doesn't provide anything doesn't add value to the team where he easily you can replace him push Manish Pandey down in his position or bring Abdul Samad up and play Dave. Um, obviously you can't play David Warner without you know four foreigners mm. but um, you can put as I said Manish Pandey down or push Abdul Samad up so yeah he should not be playing um, yep we've got another question how stupid is SRH's decision to drop Warner yep we know that uh, a question, and we, we chatted to Tim about this um, sh- from a Scientolic um, at Tennis L Screw. He asks, should De Villiers come back from retirement for the T20 World Cup? I think De Villiers wants to. I think, yep. I think he's made himself available. I think the question is, South Africa, do they make him or do they pick him? And I think th- there's the debate here. It's the, it's the debate of principle. You know, a yep. player hasn't played for the last couple of years. Other players have. They've tried hard. And then this guy wants to come back into your squad for the World Cup. But guess what? Not a lot of those South African players have nailed down their spot. And that's what Tim was saying in our interview with him. If you want to be in the squad, you've got to do better. They haven't. South Africa have not performed well. So when you've got a player like A.B. De Villiers who's available, yep, back in you come, mate. It's all about winning. Just the final question we will talk here. Um, straight Drive Podcast at Straight Drive underscore. He asks, please discuss the most improved players so far in IPL 2021. Who's your most improved? I have already said Mohamed Suraj for me. Um, yeah. Just, just, I know there have been a lot of improved players, but the way he has carried himself, the way he has come back, I think it's been really magnificent. I'm really, really I'm really hoping we'll see him more in all formats for, for India test. You know, He's there's an excellent. English series coming up. I, I really hope, yes, there is no place if Ishan Bumrah and Shami are fit, but I think even Bhuvneshwar Kumar is in front of him. Even Umar is in front of him. Five yeah, tests. Exactly. I think you'll get a chance somewhere. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. And you'll be very handy on those pitches. You'll be very handy That's on those right, pitches. That's right. With the Duke's ball. With the Duke's ball. So um, you can imagine. That, that off cutter. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. a beauty. So and he uh, can, for me, it's definitely moments Siraj hands down. I think Avesh Khan has been superb for Delhi. He's been yep. very much improved. I have those two, Siraj, Avesh Khan, even Harshal Patel, very much improved this season. They've been very, very important to their respective franchises. So credit to those players. Um, and if the IPL continues to go ahead, looking forward to seeing how they go. Yeah, so I'll go have a bit of a cool down after my rant <laughs> about, about Warner yep. and, the, and Sunrises. To our listeners... Thank you all so much once again for, for listening to us. Reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at, at CrickBlogPod, Instagram at CrickBlogPod. Um, you can follow myself um, at Crick underscore blog, and you can follow Nash at Nash V Cent. Um, everyone stay safe. We'll see what happens this week regarding IPL and everything else. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.